Minnesota's basketball teams are off to a hot start. Is it time that both the teams are making the tournament? I'm feeling it, and we're going to talk about it today. You are no locked on Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers with you each and every day of the week, Monday through Friday. And today we got a whole lot of hoops talk, two teams that are on the verge of making a case for the tournament runs. We're going to talk about what happened with the Gophers this weekend and then prep for the Iowa game tonight for the men's basketball team. So be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any daily Gophers content. We'll have some football talk for you again this week as well. But it was a big win for the Minnesota Gophers women's basketball team yesterday. Minnesota gets another resume-building win in conference at home versus a Nebraska team that was 12-4 and heading into this matchup. It's a big win. They were even ranked ahead of Minnesota in the net rankings, now only by one slot. But Minnesota proved that that was Incorrect. And now Minnesota will take a leap this week as well. Now, it was an impressive win because Minnesota was not shooting well, especially in the first half of this game. They shot very poorly in the first half, one for eight from deep. And Mara Braun was 0 for eight with four free throws made in the first half. Now, when your best scorer is struggling and the whole team can't threes that they've been hitting all season, that's where you tend to have some worries, some issues. Maybe you drop a game. And the Gophers also had seven turnovers in the first half. Now I say all this and you're like, oh, sounds like they had a rough go. Now, if I told you all that seven turnovers, 0 for 8 for Mara, uh, 1 for 8 from deep from the three-point line, and all of a sudden I tell you that Minnesota was up by 13 points at halftime to a team that is ranked as a top 35 team in the net rankings, that shows you. That shows you how impressive the Gophers were even on a night where they started out struggling. Defense kept them in this game and forcing eight turnovers in the first half as well as capitalizing on points in those turnovers. Now, in the eight turnovers, Minnesota scored like eight, eight or nine points off of those eight turnovers. In the seven turnovers that the Gophers gave up in the first half, they only allowed two points off of their turnovers. So the defense locked it down even when they would turn the ball over. Now, the biggest player in this game throughout the entire spurt and also over the last few games has been Mallory Hire. She has been balling on a different level, inside game, outside game, coming off a pick in the post. It doesn't matter. Mallory Hire is finding a way to put the ball in the basket. Even when she was missing threes in the first half, she found a way to create on the inside and then eventually didn't let those missed threes in the first half rattle her as she goes on to hit a step back, basically buzzer beater three in the third quarter. She's pulling up from the mid-range. She was shooting all over the place, and it was going in. At one point, she was 5 for 11 in the game, so she really swung those shooting percentages up. Now, she was a major piece for Minnesota in this one, and like I said, she has been for the past few games. She is the leading rebounder on this Minnesota team, and she's creeping up there in points as well and is becoming kind of that second go-to option for the Gophers when it comes to scoring. Mar Braun is the first. Mallory Hire is the second. 
And then beyond that, it's a mixture between G-Money, Grace Grachowski, I always start to say that wrong, Sophie Hart or Amaya Battle. All three of them have moments where they kind of fill in or they end up being a lead, leading scorer here or there, but they find ways to score. But Mallory Heyer, Mara Braun are definitely stepping up in the leading scorers department. Now on top of Mallory Heyer, Janae Sanders had a great game. Now she didn't play a ton of minutes. She played a, a decent amount of minutes off of the bench, first guard off the bench. But overall, Janae Sanders just does the extra work. She does the dirty work. I think of like uh, NBA terms of things like a Marcus Smart type player, like a Patrick Beverly type player, the person who's not afraid to get in there and grind and out hustle and out rebound and dive on the floor. That's what Janae Sanders brings to this team. She can be a spark plug as a scorer. She can be the person who's getting the gritty effort out there, but she is a big part of this team and she had a big game against Nebraska. Now she was the spark plug in this game, having 11 points along with four rebounds. And a couple of those were big time rebounds in timely rebounds. She also took two charges that were extremely timely and got the ball back to Minnesota aggressively attacked the cup, split two defenders for underhand layup of, at the last second on a shot clock, overall, she is starting to get more comfortable. And as she gets more comfortable, she starts to take over in different ways or contribute as needed. Now, she had, like I said, 11 points, four rebounds, two assists in this one. She was a plus 10 in the plus minus on the night. I believe that was second on the entire team to only Maggie Zanano. And overall, uh, she was great in this game. Looking forward to seeing more development from her as the season continues to go on and she gets more comfortable. Then you move over to Mara Braun. Mara Braun had a rough scoring night, two for 17 from the floor with nine total points, but she contributed all around, even on a, sh a bad shooting night, which it was. I'm not going to shy away from that. She had a rough shooting night overall. Two for 17 is very, very tough, but she contributed with five rebounds, three assists, one huge block on defense where she absolutely sent the ball to the crowd, and then four steals. Four steals. She led the team by far with the steals. And even in shooting slump nights, she finds a way to contribute. Now, hopefully, Coach P can start to find ways to drop easier shots for her to get more confidence or build up momentum on nights like these where it's just not falling from the mid-range and the long range. We got to find ways to get our score easier buckets. Because Caitlin Clark, uh uh, homes over at Indiana, they find ways to get easy ones when they can't get it from deep, when they can't get it. But the big thing is you don't stop shooting. Now, I'm not saying fire it up and play me ball and whatnot, but that's not what she's doing. Like I said, she had five rebounds, three assists, four steals. She's contributing wherever she can. On top of the fact that she didn't take the last shot of the game, she passed it off to Amaya Battle, who ended up putting them in the position to win this game. So overall, she's a great team player, but we got to find ways to draw up easier baskets to get her confidence flowing and then start seeing the ball go through the net. Overall, though, still impressive how she contributed all the way around. But Amaya Battle, speaking of her, she had worked on her three-point shooting all offseason. The coaches had mentioned it. The her teammates had mentioned it. She had mentioned it. Basically, that they had been trying to instill confidence in her jump shot and not being afraid to pull up and knowing she can do it. And she reworked some of her mechanics and where she was releasing the ball from. That was a huge project and development for her from year one to year two this offseason was fixing the jumper. And it has been showing up time and time again this season. And the confidence to go and take it in big moments is what is most impressive by it. You're talking about in a position in the game where the Gophers are up by one point with like 10 seconds remaining, about uh, 20 seconds remaining. There's a, a play that essentially they get the ball to Mara, 
Mar uh, Amaya passes the ball to Mar. Mar gets a double team. Mar kicks it back out to Amaya with like two seconds left on the shot cup clock. She pulls up from deep, clearly behind the three-point line, drains it. They go up by four with eight seconds remaining, and that basically sealed the game, giving the Gophers a two-score lead with only eight seconds remaining. That was massive, and the fact that she had not only the confidence to take the shot, but absolutely the work that she put in paid off. She drains the shot, and that only instills more confidence moving forward. So huge one from Amaya Battle there. Look forward her to her continuing to attack in those manners. It was an impressive outing for the Gophers women's basketball team with many alumni in the building, the 04 Final Four team, the 91 team. They were all in-house, lots of alumni in the building. The place was rocking. On top of that, there were a ton of high-level Minnesota recruiting prospects on hand, too. It was a great game for the Gophers to show out for those alumni and show respect and give them something to cheer for and to get the future of Gophers programming wanting to play here. Minnesotans, who are some of the top recruits in the state and top recruits in the country at that, that saw their hometown team pull out a good win against a good team. That is what you do to generate momentum. So I love what I'm seeing from Coach Plitzway and the squad. Minnesota is now 13-3. and three And in that beast of a six-game stretch that we talked about where every single game was against a top 35 top 40 opponent in the net rankings right now minnesota's through four of those six games and they're currently two and two and the only game that got out of hand was that iowa matchup other than that minnesota is showing they can be a real player in this big 10 now they're going to go on the road against a ranked indiana team who just struggled against iowa big time like minnesota had so hopefully they can find a better result than what we saw from the men who went out to Indiana this past weekend. And speaking of that men's team, we're going to talk about what we learned from the Indiana loss, why it happened, what needs to improve before we take on Iowa tonight. That's what's coming up next. First, let's talk about our friends over at FanDuel because right now new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Now, the NFL season is wrapping up. The regular season's done. The playoffs are going, but now is still time to get on in on the action on FanDuel's number one sports book in America. Now, that, like I said, free money right there for the taking. Guaranteed $150 in bonus bets when you place a $5 bet. It's $150 in bonus bets win or lose now this app is so easy to use it's safe it's secure it's fun so overall all you can you can take advantage of live saving game parlays you can look at props money lines spreads you name it they have it plus you can use the new explore tab to find bets or go to the parlay hub the best way to find popular plays all that and more over at fanduel.com slash locked on again that's fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup fanduel official partner of the nfl All right, Gover fans, let's talk about the men's basketball team because they fell to IU Indiana this past weekend on the road at Assembly Hall. But what went wrong? Now, the Minnesota, the first thing that went wrong for them is they, they came out slow. Indiana was on a mission, and then they put them in foul trouble. They put Minnesota in foul trouble early and often in this game, and that took the momentum away from Minnesota, but it also got them out of their sorts, out of their style of play, and it started off bad for the Gophers from the jump. Now, they had just 
dropped an embarrassing game. Indiana had two records, so they were looking to get back on a mission, get back, get right, because they have such a gauntlet coming up beyond this Minnesota game where they're going to take on the three teams that are currently ranked from the Big Ten in Purdue, Wisconsin, and Illinois. Now that's back-to-back-to-back right after this Minnesota game at home. So you have to go out there. You have to win. You have to get back on track. Otherwise, you're looking at almost a 500 record as you head into February, which is right before March, which means you're probably not going to go dancing. So they had to get it right. They had to find a way to get back on track, and then have to try and spur momentum in some of these ranked games. And Minnesota just couldn't capitalize. They couldn't take advantage of this road game. It was too tough on the road with a slow start, with foul trouble. They fell apart. Now, there were moments where it looked like they were starting to come back together, but overall they were not be able to make it even a uh, close or on-edge game later in the game. In fact, if the box score might look a little better than what it actually was, not only in the overall score, but also in the individual player categories, especially for Dawson Garcia, who had a rough game. He was a ghost on the court for the Gophers for most of this game until the late garbage time minutes where he found ways to put in some baskets, get some rebounds, and all of a sudden he's approaching a near double-double. But if you watch the actual game, he wasn't there. He wasn't present too much for the Gophers when it was there were opportunities for them to try and get back into the game, try and generate a run. So overall, we're hoping we can get Dawson Garcia more confident, more comfortable, and getting him going earlier in these next few games. That's going to be pertinent for the Gophers moving forward. Now, beyond Dawson Garcia, Elijah Hawkins struggled from shooting for this game. Now, he still had about six or seven assists, I believe, in that final box score. I think it was six, but overall, he struggled shooting, went two for 12 from the floor, one for eight from deep, and that's just not going to cut it when Dawson Garcia, your leading scorer, isn't really doing it. Elijah Hawkins, who can distribute but also come up in the clutch and scoring, give you double-digit points isn't knocking down. And then Mike Mitchell Jr. also couldn't buy a bucket 0 for 6 on the night. Not many shot attempts for him on the night. Your top three scorers on a most nightly basis did not, were not able to buy a bucket on the road. When that's not happening, when your top three players are not playing well, and honestly, without the effort plays and the energy and the hustle from the sophomore class in this game, this game could have been a huge blow. It could have been a 25, 30 point blowout, but Minnesota kept it closer. They kept climbing back. They kept fighting back. And the sophomores in this game really held it together and kept the Gophers within striking distance at times. It started with Joshua Joseph, who came out. He led the team off with six points right off the bat. And then he ended up with like eight points in the first half. I was surprised they didn't look to continue to get him involved after his his opening to this game, especially uh, his ways to kind of find a way to get to the rim. I'm surprised that they didn't find a way to consistently get him going to the bucket in this game, especially with how it started, but they didn't. Anyways, you move over to Carrington, who is always a player on the defensive end, plain and simple, and that he always makes impact. But foul trouble kept him off the court in this game more than Ben Johnson probably wanted or would have liked. That being said, when he was on the floor, he made impactful plays. He brought the fire. He had timely hustle plays. He had some big rebounds. Uh, and on top of that, he was drawing fouls. He found a couple good baskets here and there. Carrington brings a spark to this team, even off the bench, which helps this team a ton. And so him being in foul trouble definitely took away some momentum for the Gophers. But the best player in this game was my X-Factor player for the game, Pharrell Payne. 
Now, though he played his part with 17 points, 7 of 8 shooting, 10 rebounds, and a solid defensive outing night, he didn't get enough help from the team surrounding him for them to be able to be in this fight or take the upset. Now, Payne put up solid numbers and really probably should have had even more numbers on the scoring front if it weren't for some multiple sloppy lob passes into the post, which ended up being taken away. If those happen, maybe you're looking at a single-digit game, Payne's looking at a 20-plus point night, and all of a sudden, we're talking about different momentum, but it just didn't happen. The turnovers definitely hurt in this one. 14 turnovers, also 22 fouls with many of them coming early in the first half. Minnesota's downfall in this one though was terrible shooting from deep. That needs to be cleaned up and addressed because when you take 23 pointers and you only make three of them, that's 15% shooting from deep. That's not going to cut it no matter who you're playing. So they have to find ways to generate or easier baskets or to generate Ways to find those shots knocked down, open, more open. I don't know what it is. Finding your spots, finding the confidence, but overall through shooting three for 20 from deep is not going to cut it. Now, Indiana had four of its five starters scoring in double figures in this game. And uh, freshman Mbago was led the way with 19 points overall. His teammate Khalil Ware, who I thought was going to be the hardest and the most problem for the Gophers in this one, kind of was. 17 points, 14 rebounds. He was a challenge for the Gophers all night, and he gave Indiana a lot of second-chance opportunities, which ended up hurting the Gophers in the long run. Now, there are definitely things Minnesota has to clean up and improve on in order to get back on track in the Big Ten quickly, and they can have that opportunity tonight versus Iowa at home. So we're going to give you a breakdown of what to look for in this Iowa matchup, who are some players to keep in mind, but also what are the things that Minnesota can do to win the game and get back into the Big Ten win column. We're talking about that coming up next. First, I want to talk to you about our friends over at Chase Medical because I know, I know we come here to talk about sports and escape from the crazy realities of life. But can we just talk for a second about pe preparing for real life? Because according to the FDA, pharmacies are running out of antibiotics like amoxicillin right in the middle of the worst flu season in over a decade. That can be scary, but I can't imagine feeling more helpless than if my wife were to get sick and supply chain issues kept us from the life-saving drugs and medications that they needed, thankfully. We're all right over here because of Jace Medical. Now, the Jace case, that is their product, numero uno, chef's kiss. The Jace case is a pack of five different antibiotics to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like UTIs, respiratory infections, skin infections, among other things. And this stuff could happen to any of us. So go to jacemedical.com and complete your physician encounter. It will be reviewed by a board-certified physician, and your medications will be dispensed by a licensed pharmacy at a fraction of the regular cost. Now, that sounds like a deal to me. But not only that, if you go to jacemedical.com and you use promo code LOCKEDON, you'll get $20 off your first order. Again, that's jacemedical.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON, and you'll get $20 off your first order. jacemedical.com today. All right, Gophers fans, we're previewing the Iowa matchup tonight. 
Uh, Minnesota's at home versus the Hawkeyes. Again, a rivalry. It doesn't feel as big of a rivalry in basketball. I don't know why it just doesn't hit the same. But regardless, it's still Iowa. We hate Iowa. So overall, we're looking to get back on track with the Big Ten win and beat the Hawkeyes. Now, the Hawkeyes' best players right now, Ben Cricky, 16.4 points per game, 5.4 rebounds per game. He's great shooting, very efficient from the floor, 59% field goal percentage. Now, he's more of a post player, inside player, but he can knock down the three occasions. 45.5% from deep, but he doesn't actually shoot that many threes. He just proves he can be a threat from deep if you don't keep him covered. But the player that is a threat from deep likes to put him up there, likes to shoot early and often. That's Peyton Sanford, 14.5 points per game, 7.1 rebounds per game. So he leads the team in rebounding. He's a three-point menace. And on top of that, he is an efficient shooter as well, 46.2% from the floor, 40% from deep. Now, he is a dangerous shooter. Like I said, he likes to shoot often. In the last game versus Nebraska, he shot 12 threes of his 15 shot attempts. He is not afraid to pull up from deep. He'll probably put up at least eight three-pointers against the Gophers in this one. So they're going to need their best effort on defense to try and slow him down. And it's not just him. Iowa is a scoring team. Now, Patrick McCaffrey is a senior. He's a wing who's having a down year when it comes to shooting percentage, but he can get hot in a hurry, so you still have to respect his game and defend him. And then finally, you got Tony Perkins, the spark plug guard who kind of does it all for this team. He leads them in minutes on top of contributes across the board, 14 points, 4.2 rebounds, 4.2 assists per game. So those four players, all of them being older players, veteran players, they have experience in this Iowa offense in the Big Ten, and that's showing across the board because defense is going to be a key in this one. It's the number one key for Minnesota is defense is pertinent in this game. Iowa is fifth. That's right, fifth in the entire country when it comes to scoring offense at 87.1 points per game. Now, you have to find a way to keep them slowed down. Keep the pace slowed down. Keep the game a low-scoring game. You would love for this game to finish in the 50s and 60s if you're the Gophers because that likely means that Iowa is not getting the shots they want to fall. Now, on top of that, if you can keep that pace slow, keep the score low, that's going to be priority number one. But they're top 50 in field goal percentage as well, shooting 47.79% from the field. So they're a top 50 team there. Overall, they're efficient when it comes to shooting, and they like to shoot the ball a lot. They score a lot of points, so you got to find ways to slow it down. Now, number two in the keys for this one is that your scorers need to capitalize on baskets. Minnesota has struggled to score a bit in the last two. And they need to find ways to capitalize here sooner than later, especially with their shooters, with your Mike Mitchell Juniors, your Cam Christie's and all that. You got to find a way to see the ball go in the hoop, generate that confidence, have the swagger. And one thing that can help Minnesota in that facet, the big thing that Minnesota needs right now is they need that home crowd energy to spur the confidence. We've seen it happen on multiple occasions this year. We're talking Maryland. We're talking uh, the Nebraska game. Those were moments where Minnesota went down big or they had moments where it looked bad. And all of a sudden the crowd was fired up and this team just shoots different. They shoot lights out. They shoot like, oh yeah, this is our home floor. You can't take this game from us. And when that's going, your best players start to really step up. So Cam Christie, Mike Mitchell Jr., those are my X-Factor players. We'll get to that in a second. But I want to talk about the third and final point, the third and final key needed to beat Iowa tonight. And where Minnesota can win this one is dominating the glass. 
owning the glass, making it your territory. Because Minnesota in rebounding margins is 64th in the country. So they are finding a ways to win the battle of the boards in most occasions. And Iowa is 210th in the country. So if you can dominate the glass, if you can get second chance opportunities, and you can find ways to get that confidence going in your shooting because you're getting more than one look at a time, that's going to be the way. That's going to be the answer to winning this game against the Hawkeyes at home. So hopefully Minnesota can pull that off. Either way, my X-Factor player for this game is either Cam Christie or Michael Jr., both if you really want to make it there. But Minnesota needs one of their three-level scores to get hot and get hot quick. Because when you have a three-level scorer that can hit from the mid-range, who can drive in and be an attack threat off the dribble, and who can hit the three-pointer, it opens things up for Pharrell Payne and Josh Ola-Joseph working on the inside. Pharrell in the post, Josh Ola-Joseph cutting. It really opens things up for them, which then in turn opens up Elijah Hawkins' game to distribute. It takes the pressure off of uh, Dawson Garcia as a scorer. It allows Hawkins to have an outlet, which is huge for this offense, for him to be able to kick it out or be able to drive and score off that threat or throw up a lot of Joshua Joseph. When we have people hitting their shots, whether it be Cam Christie, Mike Mitchell Jr., when someone is threatening and consistently hitting, that's what opens up this offense. So overall, that's going to be huge for us. But finally, you would love to see Cam Christie play into that high upside that we all can. You can see he's on the precipice. You can see the swagger he has. You can see the quick pull-up that he has in the mid-range. Mid -range. We talked about his mid-range magic. All in the end of the offseason, we heard about it from Coach Ben Johnson. We heard about it from Dawson Garcia. We saw it live in the first few games, but it feels like he's starting to settle a little bit more into the three-point shot. Hopefully, we can see him make some more buckets and creation in that mid-range, and that will help the Gophers in turn spur some offense. But overall, it's going to be a good game versus the Hawkeyes tonight. Now, tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit more football, so be sure to hit subscribe so you do not miss that. But that's going to do it for us on today's show. I appreciate you for tapping in. Be sure to hit subscribe, hit like on YouTube so others can find the video, and I will see you tomorrow. Row the boats, got you, my go Gophers, and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. And don't forget to subscribe.